Welcome back to the A to Z show, episode nine. Very special episode. Everyone. No kidding. Thank you so much. I am your host, Andrew, America's sweetheart. Thank you. I am failed comedian Zach Melcher. We are officially, let me just throw this out here, officially accepted on Apple iTunes podcast, everybody. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> All day. So because of that, what we're going to do real quick is we're going to have ourselves a little celebratory crown apple shot. Ah, see what you did there? That was you. You bought it. Aw. <laughs> we blew out the fucking levels before we Fuck did. yeah. I'll uh, tone it down. So yeah, let's, let's do ourselves a quick little um, congratulatory shot with our social media manager. Yeah. Who will remain nameless. Okay. All right, let's get it. A to Z, everyone. A to Z. Till the end of time. God, tastes like grandma's kisses. That's a good, yeah, I like it. <laughs> oh, man. This is crazy. It this really is, man. No it's, sense. Uh, like, we're at the top of the roller coaster, like going down. Just, just like, it's, yeah, it's I, such a feeling right now. I keep waiting for it to fall out. I'm not sure what's going to happen afterwards. I kind of had the feeling of, uh, I think it was one of the Marx Brothers used to always say, mm-hmm. of, I would never want to be part of a club that would have me as a member. It's kind of how I feel right now, where I'm like, what's going on with Apple? Why are they allowing us in there? Yeah, it's a little strange, yeah. After all this time. It scares me a little bit. I fucking, seeing that picture, and like hearing that like, I mean, I literally have it on my phone now, on my mm-hmm. Apple Podcast app, where I watch, or I listen to all my other podcasts. We're there. Yeah. Like me. My voice is there. Your voice is there. It's there. It is, I mean. It's very surreal. Not to sound sappy. Mm-hmm. But it's it, it's a dream come true, like one hundred percent. This is I a mean, this is a dream that's I mean what five six years in the making at this point. Basically, you're, you're getting a little too real. I'm I don't care, down. man. I got to a little bit. I've done two shots and four beers. I mean, let me get a little bit of something in me. I just uh, it's just amazing, man. I just I'm so happy to be on this trip with you. Oh heck yeah! Because I love you. You're one of my best friends ever. I love you too, man. Like we've seen more of each other this year, I think, than. Probably almost any year. That's the best thing. And getting close to it. I love spending time with you, man. Yeah, we finally have an excuse to hang out as yeah. opposed to me just being like, hey, let's watch shitty movies. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I don't really feel like it. Or you're like, I'm not really feeling like it. Like, we, that's kind of gone out the window. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah. We, we have to do this. Now. now we have fans. That's right. We literally have people who listen to us. Yeah. That's not just me and you. I know. Like, I haven't even listened to that newest episode yet from last night and we've already got like nine listens that's so. amazing by the way that's mind-blowing i don't i know that sounds thank you small, thank you everyone but yeah seriously guys thank you so much uh if you're listening to this we i mean nothing but thanks and love Absolutely. and everything else from like, the heart it's i don't want to cry on air but it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> you're about to you're about to i, I actually might if i if I'm i poke and prod you enough you here i think you would probably could in yeah. all honesty man i mean it's just it's so cool just to like but the way it's worked out, like, it's – I literally – what I do now for fun is – I do what I usually do for fun is I talk to my best friend about movies and comic books and bullshit. However, other people are finding that fun too, and that blows my fucking mind. I know. It makes no sense to me. It, it is weird. Like, I don't expect us to ever get, like, hugely popular. But even just the small amount that we've gotten so far, it's, like, mind-blowing yeah. to me. Like, you hear that a lot from different people like whenever they start up podcasts like oh i never thought anybody and it's like oh yeah that's a cool sentiment you know they're probably just saying that and like they probably weren't just saying that because i'm starting to feel that right now because no, it's like exactly how i feel yeah wow people actually care enough to even listen you know for a minute or two like yeah i'm not sure if they're making it through the entire podcast but they're at least listening to us which Maybe. is something <laughs> like that's something really cool i mean really just to me this was just a way to like archive our friendship basically yeah that's another thing too like uh, it's it's really cool i'm i'm keeping every single one of these even after i edit it down to the mp3 that we push out i mm-hmm. still keep the original i don't overwrite like the, uh, it i save file. it mm-hmm. yeah. nice. i do a save as and i do a hyphen final edit just imagine like 40 years down the road oh i know like we have like fucking kids and we're married mm-hmm. and we're adults and we're gonna come back we can like, pull this shit up i know <laughs> like just be like oh yeah i remember 40 fucking years ago well, yeah. what were we talking about and remember we're still we were so mad something. about titans and now it's in its 84th <laughs> it's season it's 84th season it's won every emmy ever it's mm-hmm. amazing yeah <laughs> if that happens oh my god i'll be so angry that's not a world you want to live in I'm no afraid. i don't you probably won't be alive i will still. not bring children into that world i'll kill my kids if that happens <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, there we go. On record. You have it. I'm going to reload my beer. Okay. That's fine. I've already opened my second one, so I'm ready to go once this one's done. Oh, I've been celebrating since yesterday, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I can't blame you at all. That's It's been really crazy. Is it wrong that I subscribed to my own podcast on Apple Podcasts? Because I didn't. No, not at all. Okay, I, good. I did immediately, too, as soon as it because the app I use on Android, Beyond Pod, it pulls all this information from Apple. It's the same thing. Okay. Yeah, so it wasn't on there until we got approved by Apple, and now it is, and it's like, okay, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I'm not even, I'm not even gonna apologize for it. Yeah. You even said you went back and listened to the first episode. I did, and I okay. I still think it was a strong episode. I'm oh yeah, with even it. with yeah. the single mic and all the like me trying to learn audacity on the fly. I think so. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I I think it was a strong episode. There okay. were some good jokes. Mm-hmm. I, I think we did a good job. All right. I actually haven't gone back to listen to that one yet, so that might be the first thing I do after this one. You just re-download all of them. That's yeah. just your day at work. You there you go. Blowing through your computer speakers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, Andrew, is that your voice? You're like, yeah. Uh, of course it, it is. is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on uh, a podcast. Maybe you've mm-hmm. heard of it. They're like, we haven't. All the nuns walking by us were like, fuck Batman. What? What happened to that? <laughs> it's all right. I used to be Catholic. It's fine. Hmm. All right. I'll let them know. Yeah. I'll make them listen to this first, and then I'll play that. Yeah. Let them know that my confirmation name was Zachary. Oh, all right. So, that'll be okay. Mm-hmm. You have a picture from your first communion in your little tie? No. Oh. I did get to be an altar boy at at one point. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. Priest was very gentle. Anything you'd like to say? Can you show me on this doll? Where mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like a one-time thing. Because like, I went to Catholic school for a year oh, when right. I was in first grade. So like, you just kind of like... Uh, oh, I got you young. I got you. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm not a Catholic anymore. That's what every uh, like agnostic slash atheist has in common. Mm-hmm. They were all raised Catholic. Because <laughs> you kind of just like, nah, I'm all right. Thanks. Okay. Appreciate yeah. it. No, that was the funniest one. We had our uh, our priest. His name was Father Michelle. He was from uh, uh, Haiti. Oh, all right. Had a very heavy accent and um, really sweet guy. He was actually, like, really fucking good. Great priest. He was really funny, actually, surprisingly. Wow, all right. And I remember one day, um, you know, it's like a Sunday, Mass is over. Me, my dad, my little brother, my mom were all leaving church. This is before my parents were even divorced. All right. And um, Way back. Yeah, and so I'm in confirmation cl- or catechism classes to be confirmed, mm-hmm. and then uh, Nathan. We used to always have to sit in the crying room of the Catholic Church because mm-hmm. Nathan, this is your brother. Yeah, okay. my little brother Nathan. He couldn't be quiet during mass, so we would sit in the crying room, which is like this little like boxed in area that was for like funerals, so you could cry and not like ruin the mass or like the service that you're going through. We always had to sit in there because he couldn't sit still or be quiet for the How dare you mass. show emotion? Go into this box. Yeah, no, that's not how the Irish work. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that's where we always sat. And, like, the week before, Nathan had walked on stage of the, like, mass on accident. Like, we oh, weren't paying attention to him. on the altar? Yeah, so, like, my dad ran out there, like, pulled him back real quick, and everybody kind of laughed. So the next week, we're talking to Father Michelle, and my dad's like, because, yeah, like, he stands there by the doors and shake hands with everybody as they walk out. Right, yeah. Pretty much across yeah. religions. He yeah. also wanted to get out of there really quick because he loved to fish and drink beer. That was his two favorite things. He was awesome. And my dad was, uh, you know, like we, we walk up, shake hands. He's like, hey, uh, sorry about Nathan running out there on the stage. Like, I apologize, stuff like that. He goes, oh, no. He's like, boy wants to be an altar boy. Who cares? I don't care. You know, it's a, it's all fun. And he goes, now, Bill, which is my dad's name. He's oh, like, okay. Bill, he goes, when are you going to get in there for uh, confession? And my dad's like, I don't know, Father. When do you have a weekend off? Because it might take a while. <laughs> <laughs> and the priest started laughing hysterically. Thought it was the funniest fucking thing ever. And he's like, oh, he's like, I can make a weekend free right now. He goes, all right, well, I'll get you a Tyvek suit so you don't catch on fire while I'm talking. How's that sound? <laughs> now I see where the failed comedian came from. Oh, my dad is hilarious. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. That guy makes me laugh hysterically. He's what taught me how to make a joke. It's just how we learned. Just all sarcasm and quick wit kind of bullshit. I've only met him once, and I think he was pretty drunk at the time, so I didn't really he usually get is. much of his personality out of him. So. Yeah, he's a, he's a lot like me. Okay. I'm a lot like him, I guess, would be the, the more proper, apt yeah. <laughs> way to put it. There is one time, there's a story he likes to tell about me, which I'll go ahead and tell. I guess I, I, guess I must have been like eight, nine years old. This is the first time I made my dad laugh so hard he almost pissed his pants. All right. We are at the house, me, my dad, and my little brother, and my mom. 
and my grandma and grandpa on my dad's side, so his mom and dad. And Nathan's, like, kicking a ball around or something like that. You know, he's – I'm probably nine, so I'm guessing he's about four. And he's, like, kicking a ball around or something, you know, just, like, in the middle of the living room and everybody's looking at the new baby. And Nathan kicked the ball a little too hard and knocked one of my mom's, like, precious moments shelves that she had bought because she used to collect those. Mm-hmm. Knocked one of those shelves off the walls and, like, shattered all the pieces. And everybody went super quiet. And I was sitting there on the couch, and I was like – it's all fun and games until somebody loses a shelf. Just like immediately after the thing hit the ground. And she looked at me so angrily and my dad started laughing hysterically. <laughs> Almost pissed his pants and then couldn't punish me afterwards because he thought it was the funniest fucking thing ever. Because I've always just had like a smart ass, like uh, smart aleck kind of personality. Why should you be punished anyway? It was your brother who kicked the ball. Exactly. So. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's his favorite story to, to talk about because he, he talks about how that made him almost fucking piss his pants that he was laughing so fucking hard when that happened. That's awesome. That's why I want to be a comedian. I just, I was told I was funny at nine years old. I was like, well, I'm going to ride this fucking train as long as yeah. it'll go, dog. I got a death stare and didn't get in trouble, so. Yeah, and now I'm on Apple, so. Suck a dick, Steve Jobs. Can't stop me. He probably can't. He's dead. He is for sure dead. Yeah. Because he's an idiot when go to a fucking hospital. I mean, that's part of it. You invent, like, some of the greatest technology in the world, but you don't trust fucking hospitals? What are you? Steve Jobs. Exactly. That's, that's an easy yeah. brain tease. Correct. <laughs> Next answer. All right. I play a lot of trivia, so <laughs> I like hearing that. I'll take potent potables for 400, Alex. Oh. All right, buddy. Yeah? Super excited. Yeah, you are. But I know that you have a shit ton of fucking topics for me today. I know, yeah. So. I, I kind of gave that out. It's like a spoiler alert. It's, uh, I don't know. The Most of it was because of New York Comic Con happening over the weekend. I don't That's know if true. you saw a lot of that footage or I not. I saw a little bit, not a lot. Okay, well, we're going to cover a lot of it, I think. I don't okay. know. I was just going through my news feed, and I was like, yeah, we should talk about that. We should definitely talk about that. All right, well. And I just couldn't stop myself. I'm going to do your job. Uh-huh. I'm going to read myself in. Oh, I don't believe this for a second. This Hang is on. a trap. Here it comes. All right, we're good. Go it's ahead. a trap. Start it. It's a no, trap. I can't do it. Oh, don't start me on Star Wars. I will uh, start talking about Star Wars. We do have a topic about Star Wars, so good. It's a little ways in. First up, we need to apologize to the listeners. I think because uh, for the first thirteen minutes of this podcast, we or? were pretty wrong last week when we said that uh, Venom was not going to be so good. Oh shit! Apparently, it's not so good, but it still made eighty million dollars last weekend. Motherfucker. So it not only broke the record, it shattered that fucking record. I mean, it's that fucking that that Tom Hardy pull. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's what did it. Mm-hmm. Was uh, let me ask you a question: Was getting roasted on a podcast part of your plan? It might have been. But of course. <laughs> <laughs> New October record, Venom. Hmm. Eighty million dollars. That's pretty fucking serious, there, dog. Yeah, I know. Okay, I will admit, I was just kind of scrolling my eyes through this bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say one of the sentences literally says, Venom is a horribly flawed film. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, the but reviews, to call it bad the is The reviews unfair. are still not great, and it's not very good on Rotten Tomatoes. But, I mean, hey, if yeah. it's going to make money, I mean, that at least speaks for itself. Nothing against bit. Venom. I want it to be good. Right. And as we both stated, we will both see this movie oh, at some course. point. Oh, of course. 100%. I don't know if it'll be in theaters or on video. but I mean, Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, yeah It's I mean, a possibility. It's definitely something we would watch. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I, I like the character of Venom. Yeah. I have a gigantic man crush on Tom Hardy. I yeah. mean, this is this is too perfect. This is a perfect storm. It's a win-win. Meeting yeah. each other. But yeah, I, apparently knocking it down to PG-13 helped it bring in all that money. I so. don't want to sound like a dick, but, uh-huh. I mean, we're talking about October, which, how many movies come out in October? I mean, Not many. There right. wasn't a lot of, this thing wasn't fighting fucking Gone with the Wind or anything like that. <laughs> I'm glad it's doing well. Okay. Maybe we'll get a sequel where it's done right. Yeah. Apparently, the uh, one of the best parts of the movie is the mid credit scene. Not I, a good sign. Yeah, well, definitely not a good sign. <laughs> building towards the sequel. It, it does Fair. sound pretty cool. I, well, yeah, because he got signed on for like a three-film deal did, or something yeah. like that. Right, yeah. And, and I went ahead and read it because I don't give a shit about spoilers. So. No. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah, go uh, ahead. Okay. I don't care. Well, Wait, uh, hang go ahead and give the spoiler warning. Yeah. 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 Any listeners, go ahead and skip ahead like 30 seconds a minute. Venom spoilers coming in, guys. Okay. Now. Uh, mid-credits, Woody Harrelson shows up as Cletus Cassidy. 
Carnage. Who will become Carnage. Oh fuck yeah! And they're setting that up for a sequel. That is really good casting. That's actually. good casting. That is yeah. fantastic casting. That's gonna be good. So. Fuck yeah, that'll be great if as long as it's rated fucking R. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens. But it's good, man. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I'm a little torn. Not well. I'm not torn. I'm glad it's doing well. I'm surprised is the word I should go with because I just assumed it was gonna kind of suck. Um, hopefully we can kind of right the ship with it and start writing a well done Venom story, yeah. as opposed to whatever this movie is that I haven't seen yet. Okay, so so let's go ahead and keep it moving. Uh, next, uh, next up, IGN is trying to you know get the clickbait. Everybody's talking about Venom. It's a number right. one movie, so they're trying. Is to, Venom gay? They're trying to pull some articles. So. The original Venom. Have you heard much about this? Uh-uh. Uh, Venom was originally a woman who blamed her miscarriage on Spider-Man. Huh. How interesting is that? That sounds like as a pretty in, good way to... Like, yeah. original Venom as in, like, uh... Like, like in the planning the, stages before they even actually drew the, the character. Movie. No, no, oh, in for the, the comic books. Oh, for the comic books. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I know. So this is an IGN article. That is... Uh, Venom is the product of the scorned alien symbiote bonding with disgraced reporter Eddie Brock over their mutual hatred for Spider-Man. But did you also know that the original vision for the human side of Venom wasn't Eddie, but a woman who blamed her tragic losses on Spider-Man? Nice. Though this true origin story isn't a secret to Venom fans, it recently resurfaced when Venom creator David... Michelini? Michelini? Okay, yeah, sure. That, Why not? ...told the story for audiences at Connecticut's Terrificon. And was recorded for the John Swintress-hosted comics podcast, Word Balloon. Good His initial pitch for Venom's human host was quite different from what eventually became canon. Originally, Venom was going to be a woman who was pregnant, going into labor, so her husband went outside to flag down a cab. But the cab driver was distracted by a nearby battle between Spider-Man and a supervillain, causing the driver to accidentally hit and kill the husband, and the woman had a miscarriage and fell into a coma. Damn. Upon waking and realizing what happened to her family, the woman blamed the loss of her husband and baby on Spider-Man. Her hatred for Spider-Man drew the symbiote to her, and they bonded to become Venom and seek revenge on the web-slinger. That's amazing. I know. That I actually, love that. I, I really do, too. Like I wish I would have seen that. That's what the movie should have fucking been. Yeah, but no, seriously, that is amazing to do a... Uh, that's also really ballsy, especially because Spider-Man has already, like, the comics had already done, like, a crazy thing like that whenever he kills Gwen Stacy. Spoiler alert for the fucking 60s comics where he kills Gwen Stacy. They had already gone on a limb doing that, having him kill her by saving her, like, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. That was already fucking fantastic. That was, like, Shakespearean almost. And then to pull something like that, like... Fuck, man, I almost wish they would have gone with that instead. That's awesome. Like, fuck this Eddie Brock bullshit. Like, no, oh, I'm a reporter who can't get good pictures of Spider-Man. This is awesome. Oh, I know. Fuck yeah. yeah. They a... gotta do that in a movie or something, right? If this I doesn't get so. done in a movie... Then oh, there it is, yeah. I was gonna say, there was a picture okay. somewhere of a concept art. Look at that. Isn't that oh, cool? Yeah. That was gonna be the comic cover. And she's got red hair, which mm. makes her my type. There so. you go. Evil women with red hair. That's my shit. Yeah. I got a weakness for that. It's fucking Zach's kryptonite right there. <laughs> now you're crossing over. That's DC. If they don't do a uh, an animated movie on that, which they should, what they should do is uh, let a Marvel writer, like, or just any good comic book writer, because they'll they'll work for anybody. It doesn't matter. Do an alternate universe where that happens. Give us like a, you know, yeah, like a flashpoint kind. Yeah, of Yeah, like like a flashpoint kind of paradox thing. You know, make it twelve, thirteen, uh, just like you know, monthly runs, something like that, or even drop some real money in it and make it like a four-piece uh, trade paperback kind of style thing. Do that story, because that's a fucking, that's a great story. That's a lot of fun. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's a really cool idea. I like the idea of Spider-Man's greatest villain being brought on by him literally trying to save people, because it's the same thing with the Gwen Stacy thing. I love mm-hmm. that kind of idea for the hero. I always thought that was one of the ballsiest moves in comics was the way that he kills Gwen Stacy because that was so daring in a way where it's like he did exactly what he should have done. Yeah. And like you're that's reading, not what you expect in a superhero no, comic no, at no. all. You're you're reading those panels. You're like, oh, he's gonna save her. He's gonna save her. And then like her fucking neck snaps at the end of that fucking clock tower. And you're like, holy shit, they're not omnipotent. The superheroes aren't always gonna win. Now I need to read these comics to see if they're going to win. Like, that's right. great writing, man. That's beautiful. They yeah. should definitely, if they don't do an animated film, 
this for sure needs to be some kind of like one-off trade paperback or something like that. Give me some kind of alternate universe flashpoint, like you said. Mm-hmm. Give me that, please, because I will buy that. I promise you. That is awesome. That is fucking dope. All right. So moving on to DC now. Next one. So on that uh, DC streaming service, DC Universe, mm-hmm. they're going to be doing a Harley Quinn cartoon. Ooh. And they revealed some footage at New York Comic Con. You can meet your new Harley Quinn, Kaylee Cuoco. Oh, from, from the Big uh, Bang Theory. Yeah. Big Bang Theory. Is going to be voicing Harley Quinn in hmm. the DC animated series. Okay. It's different. It is. I haven't. Uh, does, does she try to do the voice at all? Like the kind of. So, okay, uh, Mr. J. Like that kind of thing. I'm not sure. All, I didn't or? actually listen to it yet. So we'll have to do that. I, I was going to say, do you want to take a break real quick? Okay, holy shit, man. That yeah. is fucking fantastic. I was a little nervous at first because uh-huh. Harley Quinn is a very close character to me. It is, yeah. But uh, that fucking, I'll be honest with you, that trailer you just showed me mm-hmm. kind of wipes out that fucking Titans trailer you showed me last time. I okay. almost might fucking pay for this. She does a great job of that. There's some real humor in there, which is what you want from a Harley Quinn. Exactly. That's like, the main thing that I really, yeah. yeah, you got to have humor. The Poison Ivy, like whoever was voicing Poison Ivy, by the way, is amazing. Like, that was awesome. There was, like, funny. They took jabs at Marvel and at At DC in that. That was the best part. Like, what was I talking about last episode or two episodes ago where I'm like, has some fun with it and makes fun of themselves? Mm -hmm. I'll totally forgive everything that that they've done so far. And DC's fucking doing it, man. That's awesome to see that. The show's going to depict what happens when Harley breaks off from the Joker and sets out to become the biggest villain there is. Hell yeah. But even while it basically features all supervillains, Cuoco says to expect an animated adult comedy. Nice. Yeah. Rated R. Mm-hmm. So she says this show is a very kind of a very cool modern take on Harley Quinn. She's such an iconic character that we're excited to bring a much brighter, and even the animation is very bright and modern and hip. I agree. And the character is very edgy. The storyline is very edgy, and it's definitely not a child show. It's an adult comedy. Thank I you. I have to make sure I tell people that. It's been a blast to work on. I've never experienced anything like this before. It's been kind of a really cool gig. I don't know if this was originally to make me angry. Mm-hmm. I am very excited for this. This this might make me fucking pay for this goddamn DC streaming service that they're going to do for me because that was an amazing – that was 53 seconds, and I am sold on three seasons right now. Exactly. Fuck it. Yeah. Here, take all my money. I got $60 in my fucking wallet right now. You can have it. Keep making this because I'm already fucking in love with it. And I'm almost positive that was Diedrich Bader – who voiced Batman there a little bit, which he does a great job as Batman. I don't know if you've watched any mm-hmm. of the things that he is. He was Batman in. I have not. He, he was in the uh, the. You the, said Brave and Bold. Yeah, the Brave and the Bold, which is where Batman like teams up with another hero all the time. Okay. And he's awesome. He was actually on an episode of Fat Man on Batman, like fuck five years ago at this point. Oh really? Okay. So I don't know if I come that far. And back he's in awesome because he almost does like an Adam West thing with his voice. But okay. yeah, no, it looks like DC finally figured out you're allowed to have fucking fun with these goddamn characters. I yeah. am so fucking excited for this, man. That is amazing. Yeah. I really like this too. Like she says that she wants to be the best villain there is. It's hysterical the way she describes herself, but there are moments where you see kind of a heart in there. She's a tough ass chick and all she wants to do is run Gotham City without Joker's help. But the funniest part is throughout the series, she falls back in these hookups with Joker. <laughs> it's like this realization of, oh, I can't stay away from him. And they fall in these traps, and she wakes up the next morning <clears> and does this walk of shame. And she's like, no, I'm done with him. She wants to move on. It's a really funny take on their relationship. While, of course, she's also trying to take over the world. I love it. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Poison Ivy's going to be her frequent pal. So mm-hmm. hopefully we're going to get more of Poison Ivy, because that was fantastic. Yeah. She had the best line in that whole trailer. Where it was like, oh, this was DC. This isn't supposed to be dark and gritty. Like that. Oh, fuck, man. That was amazing. Everybody, if you're listening to this, go find this fucking trailer. But yeah, how fucking great is that going to be, man? That Harley Quinn. I'm super excited for that. That honestly makes me want to, I'm going to have to pay for the DC streaming service. Like, there's, there's no way around it. That's that sold me on. We need to watch this. I'm very excited. Harley Quinn's one of my favorite characters, man. I love her so much. Like just the idea behind her and stuff like that, and like how she came to be a character mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it's just, <sighs> she's so awesome. Like, you know, you know who else you love? The Tom girl who Martin. played Harley Quinn in the movies, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Have you seen her next project? No. 
All right. Well, that'll be our next topic here. <laughs> Margot Robbie has been cast in the Barbie movie. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good casting. I'll give you that. It seems like it, She yeah. looks like a human Barbie doll. That makes sense. That very much does, yeah. Why are we making a Barbie movie, though? Like, what are we... Uh, I'm not really sure what they're going to do with it. What's yeah. the plan here? <laughs> no uh, no script plans yet. But. I, I, why do they do, like, a dark fucking, like, murder mystery with Barbie? Yeah. That'd be pretty fucked. Do, yeah. like, um, Natural Born Killers. You remember that movie? I do. Do that, but with Barbie and Ken. That's a little dark. Probably, probably fu- too dark. You would go see that. Don't even act. Like I you would, would see it. I don't know that it would make much money. I would make a shit ton of money. The I first time somebody comes out with like, yeah, they made a Barbie and Ken movie, but it's just natural born killers with Barbie and Ken. Everyone who's over eighteen is gonna go see that R rated film. A hundred percent. All right, what's she up to? I haven't watched her last movie that I need to see. Apparently, where she's the uh, figure skater. Oh what yeah, I Tanya. Tanya. Yeah, yeah, I I Tanya. I've heard that's really good. I haven't it seen was, it. It was yeah, it was very entertaining. Yeah, check this out. The original script, Amy Schumer was going to star in it. As what? As Barbie. Mm, disagree. And after she dropped out, Anne Hathaway was nah, going to be. I don't like Anne Hathaway. To yeah, be exactly. Like they did right here with Margot Robbie. I agree. I mean, at least Margot Robbie looks like a Barbie doll. Yeah. Uh, you wear a Funko. It makes the little pop figures yeah. and everything. Yeah. All the they're also pop. getting into action figures now. Oh. And they're doing a mashup, Batman. As He-Man. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, shit. Isn't that awesome? Are you aware of He-Man? Do you know He-Man yeah, at no, all? Yeah, no, of course I, I, I didn't He-Man. know how young you might have been. No, I know He-Man, okay. dog. Okay, all right. Yeah, he yeah was, I fucking uh, loved he He-Man. He was the prince of uh, fucking... Oh, give me a second. I'm going to find it. Okay. No, I'm not going to find okay. it. It's Eternia. It? Eternia. Yeah. I was going to say, like, Forever, yeah, or oh, something okay. like that. I knew it was something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, this is all about my childhood. Now, I grew up in early 80s, and this was, I was all about He-Man. I had all kinds of toys and stuff. And mm. I mean, a big uh, fan of the cartoons. I like He-Man. He-Man's cool as fuck. This picture they're showing us uh-huh. here, it looks like a Photoshop, though. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I did, oh, yeah, he's riding on the cat. Mm-hmm. The fucking cat was dope, dog. That battle cat. Oh, and the Joker. That's Skeletor. Okay, yeah. that's pretty fucking, that's pretty dope. I fucking might have to buy that here's the one question though uh-huh. do they have kung fu grip hmm. mm. that's a good question yeah they might not something you gotta ask before you buy it castle mm. grayskull as bat cave that's their mr freeze mm-hmm. that was just a blue piece of plastic that was bullshit it was yeah green lantern oh, as man in arms yeah there he is the green lantern nice that's pretty fun should have made the green arrow the man of arms because mm. Batman and the Green Arrow got along better than Batman and Green Lantern. So now there's Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Oh, is he uh, King Randor? Yeah, King Randor. Is that one of the sharks from Street Sharks? I don't know what that is. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. I thought it was the uh, Street Sharks cartoon. Do you remember that? Uh, a little from the bit. The '90s, like Just around barely. like the gargoyle days. We're going to keep. Me. We're going to keep angry Zach going here for a couple more articles. Making me another shot then. I know. So there was more Titans. News at New York Comic Con. Hooray! New York Comic Con, uh, they debuted a new trailer, and it's, according to the Destructoid article, still stupidly dark, and yet a second season has already been greenlit. Really? Yeah. Haven't watched one episode uh-huh. and a second season. Yeah, it hasn't even premiered yet. It, it's okay. still, yeah. It's still, just looking at the, um, the screenshot of that mm-hmm. trailer, that looks like a fan film. Yeah. I mean, there is no money being put in this at mm-hmm. all. So I'm not going to put you through the horror of watching it, but you should read through this little article here of this guy watching it. So right, go ahead. With a lack of any cursing, the latest Titans trailer is far less quotable than the first, which we quoted quite yeah, a lot on this fuck uh, Batman. on yeah. this podcast. It is pretty funny, though, to see Beast Boy grin and say, that's Robin, with a tone of hero-worshipping admiration just as Robin stomps on someone and caves his chest in. Go on. The series still appears to be lacquered in black nail polish as Raven is locked away in a mental asylum with shots that, if shown out of context, I'd assume were for a new Conjuring spinoff. <laughs> Who, who's ever writing this is really funny. I know. 
This isn't to mention Beast Boy with a mouth covered in blood sitting in a Hannibal Lecter-style cage in the middle of a cement room. What? Does he eat people in this interpretation? We can only hope. I hope he eats me so I don't have to watch this fucking movie. All in all, we get a little more action to some whiny music, and I can definitely say that ten years ago I would have been all over this. Did I write this? Because I kind of feel like I wrote this. Maybe like an alternate idea. It has a ridiculous, dripping darkness that only becomes more absurd with each new piece we get to see. You'd think DC would start pulling back on this doom and destruction approach to storytelling since it's caught them more than enough flack in the past. But it's kind of charming to see them double down so hard with Titans. They're doubling down so hard, in fact, they've already doubled the amount of Titans you can expect to see. As they've announced a second season before the first premieres. How? Like, you don't know if this is going to make money. This is great news for all the people whose biggest worry for season one was that they'd get too invested right before Warner Brothers pulled the plug. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. The series is set to premiere on October 12th. And Which we'll is see this if, Friday. Ugh. And we'll see if DC's probably misguided streaming service will survive long enough for season two to materialize. <laughs> I just, I'm not, we've talked about it enough. I don't yeah. need to go fully into it, but it's just. Oh, we haven't talked about it enough yet. This, oh man, this is going to kill you. Off. Go ahead and read the, the title. This is on IGN. I don't want to. Yeah, do it. I don't do it. Wanna. Yeah. Robin Actor uh-huh. says Batman is a killer in DC's Titan. <laughs> Batman is a killer. Yeah, you know, just like, you know, that's the normal thing for Batman. Go ahead. Keep reading. Do do I have to? Yeah, you do. I want to see this. I want to see the hate rise up in your eyes. While talking to IGN about his role in the upcoming live-action Titan show on the DC Universe subscription service, Dick Grayson slash Robin actor Brenton... Thwaites, how the so, fuck yeah. you say that? He can go fuck himself. Explained that it was Batman's murderous <laughs> methods that drove Robin away. Just like in the comics, right? Bat- Which right, Zach? is why the show finds Robin fighting crime solo in, in Detroit. Detroit instead of Gotham. Uh, go on. Here we go. Here's the exact quote. <laughs> go, 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 go. Batman is a killer, and Robin wants to get away from that. Do you? Because in the fucking trailers, what you're doing is killing dudes. So how are you getting away from it if you're doing the goddamn same fuck? Go on. From that, Thwart said the idea is that he doesn't want to become a killer himself. He but he want kills to. six fucking dudes in the goddamn trailer. He doesn't want yet? to. Yeah? Oh, did somebody have a fucking gun to his head? And although these guys that he's fighting are bad, and they deserve, you know, they deserve what he's dishing out, it seems he believes that when you kill someone, you cross the line. Oh my god! This is literally the conversation Batman has with Ra's al Ghul in Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. That's what you... Okay, let me go back. Dishing out. It seems he believes that when you kill someone, you cross the line, you become almost as bad as them. So it's pretty clear in the series that he's was with Batman. Batman crossed the line, and he was teaching me, oh, how fucking dare you, <laughs> to do the same thing. And he's trying to break away from that. Just one more paragraph. You're almost there. Thwaites' explanation certainly paints a clear picture why, in the first Titans trailer, Robin not only viciously attacked a group of criminals, but ended the fight with the pointed statement, Fuck Batman. It seems as though uh-huh. Here we go. Robin is not unlike an attack dog trained to go for the kill, but he's desperately fighting that programming because he doesn't want to be a murderer like Batman. And he ba- he hates Batman for making him that way. Just like the comics, right? That damn murderer Batman trying to raise Robin as a murderer also. That's, I'm not. That's, that's canon. I'm not okay with this at all. You were just talking. You were going to subscribe to DC Universe because of uh, Harley Quinn. Now you're going to get to see Titans, too. You know what I'm going to do? Uh-huh. I'm going to illegally pirate the Harley Quinn show. That's all I care about. Because remember a couple episodes. It's already been signed up for a season two, man. It's got to be good. Yeah, I'm sure it's gonna be great. You remember a couple seasons ago where I was talking about how um, 
DC has just kind of wiped their ass with the lore of comic books and they don't give a fuck about fans. Yeah. I kind of feel like this is a weird alternate universe where my words are law because that's what I've created here. This is... That's literally... Batman has one rule. Mm-hmm. He has always had one rule since the 19-fucking-30s. Yeah, murder everyone viciously. It has always been, don't kill. Like, they couldn't do worse if Batman just pulled a gun out and fucking shot somebody, like Thomas Wayne style. Yeah, in an alley, yeah. Yeah, exactly. He might as well just kill a family, leaving an opera house, and then steal the fucking pearl necklace off of the guy's mother's neck. Because this is such a... It's just such a spit in the face of fucking what... Not just me... I'm not the only Batman fan in the world. There are other people who like Batman. No, I think it's just you. No, there's no way. Just to fucking... That's the whole point is that that's the fucking fight that Batman has in his life at all times. That he doesn't want to be Joe Chill. He never wants to become Joe Chill ever. And that he can't kill people because of that. I can't stop laughing over here. You're so mad at this. Who's directing this? What's their address? Where do they live? I'm going to show them why killing is wrong. With my bare hands. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? Oh. What the fuck? What? <laughs> I would even be okay if Robin was the one who was violent and wanted to take him out. Like, I would even accept that. Be like, okay, yeah, that's like a story you can tell at that mm-hmm. point. You try to redeem him, bring him back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, like, he eventually, like, realizes that, yeah, Batman's right. Like, yeah, because his code is right. What is one of fucking Batman's most famous quotes in all of comic book history? Where he's like, if you kill a murderer, all you've done is nothing. The number of murderers in the world has not changed. That's what, like, it's one of his biggest things ever. What do I get? Batman was too violent, I had to fucking leave. Then why are you fucking killing dudes in the goddamn trailer while you're dressed as fucking Nightwing, which would be after you left fucking Batman, so you keep killing them. So clearly, this is all fucking bullshit. Just, just, can someone in the DC, like, movie, streaming thing, whatever the fuck you're gonna call this, whoever is running this shit, if just, they could pick up a random five comics and read them, Maybe Wik- Wikipedia Batman. Just Wikipedia Batman. See see what you learn from that. Because this is just such a... It's just... Oh, God damn it. You're just spitting in the face of just everyone. Like, there's no... Mother... Fucker. How are you... How? No one is that good of a writer to fucking switch that on its head and make it right. Either this dude's telling lies just to piss me off... Or they have just shit on the grave of all of fucking Batman ever. Because that is fucking bullshit, dude. Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Nope, this is real. You live in this world. Starting this Friday. I am so not okay Titans with episode one. You'll be there. You'll mm-hmm. be there. No, I'll be watching Halloween with you. Okay. That's a better idea. I agree. Probably so, won't put my fist on a wall watching Halloween. So I drove you down into the depths of your own hatred. Now I've got to try to rescue you back. So the first part here is one of your favorite comic writers. I'm Grant Morrison is going to be taking over Green Lantern Corps. Ooh. And he says that he wants to make Hal Jordan cool. Good luck. Oh, okay. Uh, this is going to piss <laughs> no, you off no, more, no, huh? No, no, okay. no. Not at all. Oh. Hal, Hal Jordan's a really nice guy. <laughs> okay. He is the, uh, technically he's the second Green Lantern. Hal Jordan was, like, where you started the whole Green Lantern Corps, where they're basically, like, space cops, and they're fighting crime. Okay. So, Grant Morrison's quote, Hal Jordan's been around since the 1950s, and he's one of the few characters whose history has gone basically unchanged. But as you can imagine, he's gone through a lot of different writers, and his personality has changed quite radically during that time. He's gone through so many iterations, and there's a sense of disconnection between all of them. But like Batman, he becomes interesting when you combine them all. I would agree with that 100%. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we imagine how comes stumbling in from the sort of the last picture show. Fuck yeah. We see him as all New Mexico and Route 66 Horizons, but in actual fact, his friends are like those floating jellyfish aliens. He comes back from space, and he probably can't even tell the difference between humans anymore. 
He can tell the difference between two crystal creatures, but humans all look the same to him. He's embraced this kind of diversity beyond anything we have on Earth. People think he seems closed off and old-fashioned, but he's actually wide open. I love this already. So by subverting these expectations, Morrison hopes to sell Hal to a brand new generation of fans. Maybe not because he plans to make Hal relatable, but because he's so unlike anything else the DCU has to offer. That's what I've always talked about when it comes to the Green Lantern. I'm like, uh, Hal gets a bad rap because um, exactly what he said. He was just sort of, he was written like Silver Age style, like kind of how uh, Clark Kent used to be and how Bruce Wayne used to be, stuff like that, which is like, oh, I've got to save the world. Super I am a hero. Yeah, exactly. And he's got an even like bonus thing added to it because the Green Lantern Corps is essentially the police of the space. That That's what the Green Lantern Corps is. They're a peacekeeping corps. And uh, I always hated Cal Rayner, to be honest with you. I was never a fan of him. John Stewart was the one. Uh, did you watch the... Um, Justice the League. Daily Show. I know John Stewart. <laughs> exactly. It's the exact same name. Okay. Did you watch the um, the Justice League cartoon that used to play like in the two thousands or so? No, I never did. He was the uh, he was the black uh, Green Lantern. He oh, was, really? Yeah he he was a black guy. Which again, whenever you mean African American. Yeah, exactly. But anytime someone's like Black Panther's the first black superhero ever, you can go fuck yourself. Read a goddamn comic book. Um, John Stewart was a lot of fun. I liked him a lot. Hal Jordan, I agree with Morrison here 100%. He's always had so many facets you could go down, but no one ever did. Because it's super daunting. This is exactly what I was talking about like two, three episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Whenever uh, you know, I was saying where it's like there's so much shit hidden in there that it's so daunting to get into that. You need a good writer to find a way to kind of like tie all that shit together. Or you do a crisis on Final Earth thing and you just wipe everything out. But then Hal keeps coming back because everybody likes Hal because he's the second Green Lantern. But he's the most he's the most well known Green Green Lantern. If if you say right. Green Lantern to somebody, they're gonna say Hal Jordan. Right. That's who Ryan Reynolds was, right, in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred mm, percent. You know, Alan Scott was technically the first one. He was also gay. He got gay married like. Four years ago? Really? Yeah, four or five years ago, he was a gay man. Which is hilarious, because his ring did not uh, affect wood. Oh. How, how funny is that, right? That's, the amount of jokes you can write on that's that. That's clever. No, I, I love that Morrison has taken over this. He is a guy who can do a lot with um, the Green Lantern, because it's such a good idea. I've always liked the idea of the Green Lanterns. I haven't liked a lot of their comics, but, I mean, you're essentially doing NYPD, but intergalactic space travel. Okay. So, I mean, like, who's not going to want to watch that? You know right. what I mean? Like, that's going to be a lot of fun. So, I mean, Morrison always kills it anyway, so it doesn't matter. But I'm really excited for that, actually. That'll be a good time. Okay, that's, good. that's made me less angry See, after that. I've helped uh, rise you a bit from the depths. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very mellow right now. And, uh, I'm very in the middle. Let's keep you going here. I'm going to jump a little bit. Take me back down, aren't you? I had this organized a little bit, but I'm going to jump ahead here. Okay. Because, based off of last week's episode, you fucking nailed it, dude. Congratulations. The new Hellboy movie? Uh-huh. Footage was shown at New York, New York Comic Con. And, uh, check this out. Horror film more than a superhero movie. I am, fu- I fucking deserve a job. Someone needs to give me money. Are you kidding me? That's the way to do it, man. That's exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. Lionsgate won't be releasing footage just yet. So for now, we'll have to tide you over with our description of the trailer that was screened, which you can find below or in the video above. So as things kicked off, Mike McNola, the creator of Hellboy, mm-hmm. talked about how he created Hellboy in the first place. It was mainly because while working at Marvel and DC, he just wanted to draw monsters, and he figured the best way to do that was to create his own. Fair. David Harbour, who plays the title character, admitted that he wasn't a comic book guy growing up. He was more of a video game guy. But as an artsy kid... In the East Village, when he was in his 20s, his friends introduced him to Hellboy, and he was struck by it. It felt like a completely new thing when you were reading it, he said, of Mignola's illustrations. And then I got into the stories, and then I saw both films, which were great, which I loved. True. So that's how I knew the character. And then they called me back and were like, do you want to play Hellboy? <laughs> Mignola talked about how, while watching Harbour's show Stranger Things, great show. his wife was like, that guy should play Hellboy. And then two weeks later, the producers called him and were like, what if Harbor plays Hellboy? 
The nice. team showed off some footage from the film, which actually played a bit more humorous than Harbour's comments would indicate. He starts with Hellboy about to head into a crime scene when a SWAT officer shoots at him accidentally, with Hellboy yelling, I'm on your side! Nice. From there, there's a lot of quick flashes of dialogue and action. Ian McShane, who plays Ooh. Hellboy's adopted father, Bruttenholm, gives him his gun, the Good Samaritan. Oh, yeah. And Kim's Great name for a gun, by the <laughs> oh, way. Oh, yeah. Daniel Day Kim's <laughs> character, Ben Dymo, and Lane's Alice Monaghan, will play Hellboy's teammates, who were seen entering a secret headquarters in London, about which Kim says, did you expect it to say secret headquarters outside? <laughs> Hellboy then uses his smashy hand <laughs> to smash an elevator panel. Hellscapes are glimpsed, and as Mia Jovovich's villainous character, it all culminates in Hellboy rising from some kind of pit, clutching a flaming sword, while his flaming crown floats above his head. Hell yeah. I'm ready for this footage, dude. I am so fucking happy. Like like I said last week, that's exactly what you need to do with Hellboy, is yes. make it a horror film with like some dark comedy elements. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to do. Don't just do a cookie-cutter comic book fucking movie, because... Yeah. It's not what Hellboy is. It's right. the whole point this of is Hellboy. dark fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, like that was the whole point of Hellboy that he didn't want it to be a cookie cutter superhero fucking story. I am so happy to hear that. I mean, I'm actually I'm getting more and more excited about this film as we go on as I read more from it cuz like I love uh Harbaugh. He's a fu- or Harbor Harbaugh Harbaugh <laughs> Jim Harbaugh, the uh coach of Michigan. Uh-huh. WhatsApp. Yeah. <clears throat> Harbor, he's a fucking great actor. He's awesome. Uh, I mean, everybody loves Stranger Things. Was there anybody who didn't like Stranger Things? Not that I know of. No one listened to this podcast. I can tell you that much. I would hope not. There is no fucking way anyone who didn't like Stranger Things has listened to nine episodes at this right. point. And if you haven't seen it, go watch it right now. Because if oh, you're listening to us, you're gonna love it. A hundred percent. It's great. I mean, it's just like such a love story to '80s sci-fi and horror films. Like, yeah. And it's. You know what was really nice about this? It validates me. It shows that I'm not just a rambling drunk asshole. I know a little bit about what I'm talking about. You're not just that. You are that, but you're I not just that. that. But I also know a little bit about what I'm talking about, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, clearly, that's the way to go with it. All right. I would even throw more comedy into it. More dark comedy. Not just, like, lighthearted family guy jabs. Right. But, like, legitimately dark comedy. And speaking of uh, and gore. the way that you want things, that better be right that'll lead right into our next feature here. Uh-oh. There's going to be a Spawn reboot. I don't know if you heard about that. Nice. Todd McFarlane is going to be uh, working on it very directly. Excellent. And he wants it to be R-rated, a horror movie that will make children cry. I fucking love Todd McFarlane. Let Todd McFarlane run the DC streaming service from now on. How's that sound? You can go ahead and read this one. Okay. Tom McFarlane wants Hollywood to get through their heads that his Spawn reboot is a hard R scary film and not a superhero movie. Quote, if you think about it as a horror film, it makes complete sense. If you think about it as a Captain America, it falls apart. McFarlane told IGN during an interview Saturday at New York Comic Con. McFarlane is writing, producing, and directing Spawn. Motherfucker, hell yeah, buddy, you get it. Which also has Get Out and Halloween's Jason Bloom, nice, aboard as a producer, and The Walking Dead's Greg... Nicotero. Nicotero, thank you. Designing the creature costumes. Fuck yeah. Oh, so he's going to do the practical uh, effects then. Yep. Excellent. No CGI. The film has cast Oscar winner Jamie Foxx in the title role. Of opposite Jeremy Renner? Oh my god. You just god. got a hard on. Oh, this is my fucking movie. I love Jamie Foxx and I love Jeremy Renner, dog. This is awesome. McFarlane vented his frustration with Hollywood execs who he claims have had trouble getting what his Spawn script is going for. Yeah, welcome to this fucking podcast, Todd McFarlane. That's how it works. (laughs) Quote, Here's what I'm trying to get Hollywood to understand because they still don't quite get it. Is, I want to do a dead serious scary movie that happens to be a superhero, right? And so they keep tripping into this superhero part, and I wish I could almost take that piece out of it, McFarlane said. Todd, I really hope Right from your fucking, brain. Yeah, Todd, I, I, I hope you're listening, buddy, because I fucking love you. Anyway, again, quote Todd McFarlane. But I just saw earlier today, Greg Nicotero show me some physical pieces of the costume, and I'm going, that's it. We've been designing it anyways, but I finally got to see it physically, and I go, that's it. So next time I go into the studios, I'm bringing all that stuff with me because obviously I didn't do a good enough job in the script to convey that. Fucking Tom McFarlane gets it, man. <laughs> They're reading words in my script. 
they are way different than what I see in my head, and I just want to scare people. I just want to scare people on a serious level. Oh, my God, dude. Me and Todd McFarlane might be best friends. I think so. He might replace you, to be honest with me. I think That's what I'm worried it. about. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, this will be the last time we bring this up. Yeah, this will be the A to T podcast. <laughs> he also clarified his past statements about a Spawn movie being a creep movie and pointed to the recent blockbuster success of The Nun. I haven't seen that yet. Have you seen that? Not yet, no. I've heard it's good. An example of a film where the title character can be scary, selectively seen, and largely silent. Yeah, also called Jaws. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if they bring it up here, but he said that Jamie Foxx is going to be like as the human side. He won't be spawned at all. Right. He doesn't want Spawn hardly at all in this movie. Excellent. Yeah. Smart idea. Great idea. We just saw one a couple weeks ago, The Nun. It's called Nun. She's not on screen the most, and she really doesn't talk a whole heck of a lot, right? These kinds of movies have been done forever. I'm just saying that in a movie like Jaws, god damn it, it's called Jaws, but the shark isn't on screen talking, and whenever the Hollywood studios say, how can you not have the lead character not talk? You and I can stand here and come up with a hundred movies that have done this in the last 20 years. And you don't even have to go back in the last 20 years because there's one two weeks ago called The Fucking Nun, and The Nun did it right. Does Tom McFarlane listen to our podcast? I'm going to be honest with you. He might. Todd, if you're listening, buddy, please. Definitely a kindred soul. Yeah, Skype in, please, for the love of God. So get your Nun hat on. Get your Alien hat on. Get your John Carpenter's The Thing hat on. Get your Jaws hat on. The Grudge, The Ring. Get that hat on, and my script makes sense. You put Captain America Hulk on, it reads funny. Motherfucker. I, I, you know what? I'm going to start a new segment. It's called Give a Blowjob. Let's all give a blowjob <laughs> to fucking Todd McFarlane because he's goddamn earned it. This motherfucker is the one dude fighting against Hollywood right now. McFarlane also reminded us that since he owns the character and writes to Spawn, he doesn't have to preoccupy with concerns such as licensing and merchandising that studios get hung up on when they hear the words comic book movie. Because to McFarlane, this isn't a superhero film. Spawn is a horror movie, and a very, very dark one if he has his way. Fuck yes. Another quote by McFarlane. I'm not a giant corporation. I don't have to sell t-shirts and hats and all this ancillary stuff and do it right so my frustration a little bit is when i get into hollywood and i go oh we're gonna do a dark superhero movie i haven't seen it i get it they have been a couple of r-rated movies out there they've even teased us a little bit with venom before they went to pg-13 Motherfucker. god tom mcfarland listens to this fucking podcast i can guarantee that but they're not going to go dark in my definition of dark or jason blum's definition of dark or greg nicotero of walking dead's definition of dark Holy shit, Tom McFarlane is the new hero. He continued, Their dark is here's PG-13. Here's our. They go over a little bit. We're talking over here. We're talking that it would make your kids cry. If we're going to do dark R, make the children cry who are under 10. That's the movie. Do I think that the Joker is going to make 10-year-olds cry? No. Would I make them cry? Sure. I would because I'm doing a movie for adults. Boom. Holy Drop shit. the fucking mic. Did Todd McFarlane just fucking become the hero of this goddamn world? I think so. Are you kidding? He has to be listening to this podcast, right? There's no way that he just agrees with us on everything. That's like everything you've said in the last eight episodes. Yeah, this is the last. All tied f- into one article. The last four episodes were Todd McFarlane's. I didn't even quotes. know if you were a Spawn fan at all, but I was like, I, oh, have, I, to, love Spawn. I have to give him this article because this is Zach in a nutshell. No, I love Spawn. Spawn's fucking awesome, dog. Even the shitty movie that they did, it was fucking great. It had its moments. Let's jump around a little bit more here, too. I don't think I organized this very well. Let's <laughs> go to this one. Were you familiar with the Dark Crystal? Of course. The, okay. Uh, Jim Henson, yeah, the, the puppet movie? Jim Henson puppet movie? Of okay. Uh, Netflix has bought the rights to it. They're going to do a prequel movie. And uh, it premiered at Comic-Con. Okay. Uh, According to IGN's article here, judging by the footage screened for fans, it effortlessly recreates the magic of the original Jim Henson film. Wow. With an even bigger scope. Okay. Uh, It's directed and executive produced by Louis Leterrier. And it's executive produced by Jim Henson's daughter, Lisa Henson. I don't know if she has any kind of chops for that, but okay. It's been in development for seven years. Took an entire year to film. Not a good sign. Promised that the series will have a full puppet cast, no CGI or human actors. Mm. The only use of CGI is erasing the rods and erasing the puppeteers that appeared on the camera. Okay. 
I don't know. I'm going to call this like a 50-50. Yeah? This is kind of a coin flip here. Okay. Yeah. Very, but, very little has been revealed about the plot besides the fact that it's a prequel. But Henson gave the first details at the Comic-Con panel. In the original movie, Jen and Kira stop at the Wall of Destiny and of they course. see the ruins of what was once a beautiful <laughs> Gelfling culture. So we use that as a jumping off point. Oh. What was that culture and what was lost? What was that beautiful Gelfling civilization? And it's very developed. We have many different groups of Gelflings in different geography, different settings. It's extremely rich. We took as inspiration shows like Last Airbender and Game of Thrones. I like Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And Last Airbender. The well, movie the, sucked, but the show was okay, good. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, the animated Last Airbender. Last Airbender. <laughs> the Last Airbender. Apparently, the animated version was pretty good. Right. I have not seen it, to be honest with you. I haven't so. seen the Amber Bear, but I have seen the Last Airbender. So. Oh, that that was my trucker handle. Oh, on, okay. On the CB. Was the the, these Bear. shows have a lot of depth and a lot of detail built into the world building. Henson Ooh, revealed that many Amber people. Bear is the color of your energy. <laughs> Henson revealed that many people have asked her what the biggest technological advancement has been between the new series and the film, and she admitted that it's green screen. We're removing puppeteers, but Jim didn't have the ability to do that at the time of the movie, so it's an advance on the film, hmm. and we're so pleased that it's still pure puppetry. I agree with that. We'll have a very simple scene of characters doing what seems like a simple gesture, but it takes a whole team of puppeteers to do it. We have no human cast to join us because we have no humans in the show. Nice. But I think we did have every puppeteer in England. It was a massive endeavor. <laughs> I'll definitely check it out. No, I mean, for sure you're going to have to That's a childhood it. staple for me. I, I love Dark Crystal. By the way. Um, I Not you... quite as good as Labyrinth, but it's up there. That's fair. I just want to say something about Dark Crystal. Uh-huh. Uh, if you're a drug user, I mean, I know you're not, but no. anybody listening... Don't ever do mushrooms and or acid and watch The Dark Crystal. Okay. You will have a bad time. Speaking from experience? Yes. Oh. 100% yes. Okay. I was, uh, was at a party at my friend's house. Uh-huh. We had, uh, you know, I, I've been drinking since like 11 o'clock in the morning. I was like 19. I had nothing to worry about at that point. So, typical weekend day. Yeah, pretty much. Except for it was a Wednesday. Oh. <laughs> So, you know, a buddy of a buddy was there who was like, hey, he's like, I got acid if anybody wants any acid. And I, back in my drug days when I used to do a lot of drugs, I was a big fan of hallucinogens. Those were my favorite kind of drugs. And he's like, well, he's like, I got acid if you want some. And I'm like, well, what are you charging? He's like, well, $10 a hit. I'm like, that's fair. So I gave him a 20. I'm like, just give me two hits. I just wanted to, like, see some colors and fucking have a little bit of fun. Because the beer and the... uh Weed wasn't doing it. I just wanted to see a little something extra. About an hour later, he tells me those were double blotters, which means I had just taken four hits of acid without knowing that I was taking four hits of acid. So now I'm already kind of freaking out, and we start watching The Dark Crystal. Oh, shit. I ran out of that house 45 minutes later and sat out in my car and smoked cigarettes for, I don't know, 35, 40 minutes. And um, a friend of mine came out, and he was like, hey, man, he's like, are you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm, t- I'm totally cool. And there's just like a fucking giant pile of empty cigarettes on the bu- on the floor. And he's like, uh, do you want to come back inside? And I went, is the movie over? And he goes, I don't think so. I'm like, come get me when the fucking movie's over. I'm not watching this shit. <laughs> it's a great film. Don't get me wrong. Just right. don't do any kind of hallucinogens and then watch that film because it will horrify you. Good I PSA. I like it. Yeah, it's, it's the more you know. We'll go ahead and stick with Netflix here. I've got another article. Mm. Uh, I know you're at least familiar with the movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe even the book. The Haunting of Hill House. This keeps popping up on my uh, Netflix app. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to watch it. So season one is going to be coming out soon. This Friday. Yeah. And IGN actually got an early review of it. They've seen all ten episodes. Oh. And apparently it's very fucking good. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So, not exactly horror, but, like, family issues horror. Okay. Like, emotionally right. disturbing mm-hmm. kind of thing. Okay. I feel you. Yeah. So, it's uh, based on the 1959 novel from Shirley Jackson. Avoids the blood and guts from most titles that we see this time of year. Mm-hmm. And instead favors something that is perhaps more existential. But nonetheless terrifying. Fair. Specifically the difficult journey of a family trying to come to grips 
with the ghosts of their past. Oh. Through ten emotionally charged episodes, <laughs> the series will center on the Crane family and the lifelong scars that come from growing up in America's most famous haunted house. But uh, I'm excited for it. It looks pretty good. No, I mean, I'm not against it. I love, I mean, horror of all kinds. Right. And, I mean, TV shows are always better than movies nowadays. Right. So. I didn't want to read too much on it. I don't want you to either. I think this one would be a good one to just kind of explore. Yeah, that but, would uh, be kind of fun for us to watch like, mm-hmm. once we get past Halloween and stuff. So I agree the, with that. The creator of the show, Mike Flanagan's adaptation of Shirley Jackson's classic novel, works as both a great horror story and a compelling family drama, oh. effectively exploring how the ghosts of our past are just as scary it was as what goes bump in the night. Right on. They gave yeah. it a 9.5 out of 10. That's pretty fucking high. It is. So I'm excited for that. I would, I'll have uh, to check it out here. Yeah, I'll, I will say that I am um, optimistically like looking forward to it. Like okay. I hope it's good. Good. Is what I'm going to say to that. Right. I promised it earlier, and here we go. Oh, we I've do have a Star looked, Wars topic. I've already looked into this. I'm actually very excited for this show. I know. I can't go wait. Ahead. So the Star Wars show that's been announced that was going to be directed by John Favreau, mm-hmm. he's announced some more details over this weekend at uh, New York Comic Con that it's going to focus on the Mandalorians. Excellent. Which was the armor that Boba Fett was wearing. No, Boba Fett was a Mandalorian. He wore Mandalorian armor, but he was also a Mandalorian. Okay, I didn't know that much of it. Yeah, no, he was actually a Mandalorian. Because Cassus Fett was the first Mandalorian. Okay. He's actually basically royalty in the Mandalorian, uh, like, timeline. Okay. but it's, Yeah, uh, no, you you want to have this conversation, Doc? Because you're going to lose. Because I love the Mandalorians. No, because we're reading about it now, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's a Western-based series. Excellent. Reportedly cost Disney an estimated $100 million. Good. For 10 episodes. That's crazy. $10 million an episode? We better get some good fucking CGI on that then. Yeah, I know. So it's going to be set seven years after Return of the Jedi. And it will debut exclusively on Disney's upcoming streaming service. Okay, so it's after Return of the Jedi. Okay, mm-hmm. right on. I, I was wondering, like, I had heard about this show, but I wasn't sure what timeline it was in. Okay. No, I'm really excited for that. I, uh... I mean, this was just, like, rumors, so it hasn't been announced. Like, it hasn't been confirmed or anything. I heard that Pedro Pascal might be the main actor for this movie, which would be pretty fucking dope. It definitely would. Is it going to be a Fett? Is that what uh, the character is? I mean, because... They say that the series will follow a lone gunfighter. Right. No, I'm really excited for this, because I've always loved the Mandalorians. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they're essentially, especially if you played like the old Republic games and stuff. Oh, look at that. I can talk about nice and old Republic again. If you played the old Republic games, you've gotten into the, uh, like the Mandalorian lore. They're essentially like a mix of like Old West gunfighters meets Vikings. It's kind of how like they are where like all they want to do is die in battle. And they're like, yeah, like if you can't beat us in battle, then you're weak and you fucking don't deserve to be here. And then like, if you beat us in battle, then we respect you because you're good and you know what the fuck you're doing. I'm really excited for this show. I think it's going to be fucking awesome. I love the Mandalorians. I mean, like... Favreau definitely knows how to film a guy in a suit of armor. I mean... Favreau has started very fucking uh, expensive shit before. He was the one who started the fucking MCU. So yeah, with Iron Man and Iron Man Two. Yeah, so. I think he knows what the fuck he's doing. I'm excited for that, like a hundred percent. And like the fact that you're gonna do like lone gunfighter, like fucking gunsmoke style for it, I mm-hmm. kind of really love that. Nice. Like especially like, you put it like on the outskirts of like known space and shit like that, because mm-hmm. you're essentially just shooting gunsmoke, but with like 1950s sci-fi. With there you it. Go. Like, like why would you not want to watch that? Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hey, before maybe you tie can... in a little bit of Firefly. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's a space western. That's exactly what this the, what this fucking show is going to be is Firefly. It's it's a space western, but you got the Mandalorians and the Star Wars fucking uh, universe to live in. Yeah. All yeah. right. We're on iTunes, buddy. I know, man. How great is that? What a great episode this that's was. That's awesome. I'm I'm even okay with us going over because we're we're celebrating here a little bit. For exactly. Sure. Yeah. Well, man, I just want to say there is no one else in this world I would rather reach this goal with than you buddy except Todd McFarlane after reading that article maybe yeah but yeah I mean if we could do like I'm okay with being second best if we could do like a three-way podcast Mm -hmm. I think it would be perfect it's okay when it's in a three-way it ain't gay if If it's it's in in a (laughs) (laughs) three-way on the island everybody hell yeah no but seriously man I love you thank you for coming on 
uh, this journey with me. I love you too, buddy. There's nobody else I could pick. Uh, Let's plug some Twitter. Of course. Also, everybody else who is listening, we love you too. Thank you so much for here. Uh, just for listening to us, for letting us get there. Uh, let me throw a giant shout out to our anonymous social media manager, who will remain nameless. They are doing a great job. They are fantastic. As always, uh, please keep listening. Also, if you're on iTunes right now, please feel free to drop a rating and a review. Oh, shit, we can do that now. now. We're just like a real podcast, like begging for that rating. Fuck, if only we were making money. (laughs) In due time, my friend. Of course. So, as always, guys, thank you so much. Uh, You can follow us at The A to Z Show on Twitter. With the number two. Yeah, the, the number two, of course. Uh, also, if you want to like send us a, any kind of thing to talk about, any kind of topics or anything like that, and you don't want it to be on your Twitter, you can find us at a to z show dot ask at gmail.com. That is connected to my phone. That's will, ask, A-S-K, not A-S-S. A-S-S. At dot ask. <laughs> <laughs> we might take that, too. That, fuck it, we probably should now before we put this episode out. All right. Um... Also, uh, if you want to, follow me at Melch Knows Best, M-E-L-C-H, Knows Best, with a K, B-E-S-T-K. <laughs> and, of course, follow my charming co-host, Big Guy ACV, at Big Guy ACV. Uh, seriously, guys, love you so much. Thank you for being here. Also, I forgot to bring this up earlier. Today, the day that we're recording this. Okay. October 10th mm-hmm. is uh, National Mental Hellness or Mental Health Awareness. <laughs> mental Hellness. It's World <laughs> Mental Health Day. Mental Hellness is Tom McFarlane's new movie coming out. Uh, seriously, it is World Mental Health Day. So if there is anyone in your life who you think is going through some hard times, or if you just, you know what, even better idea. If there's anyone in your life who you care for a lot and you love and you haven't said lately, Send them a text message, give them a call, let them know that you love them, tell them you love them, give them a big old kiss on the cheek, and I'll give you a big old kiss on the cheek. Love you guys so much. 